this, uh, this month we've been, been uh, celebrating being all in, and we've been looking at a book in the Bible, a letter called Colossians, and we're now on the third chapter, and we're going to spend a couple weeks on the third chapter to really uh, dive into it a little bit. Uh, we're going to be looking at the first 14 verses of Colossians 3, and we'll start uh, in, in out by looking at verse 5 and following, but uh, what I'd like you to do is to pull out those Bibles. It's on page 1184, I believe. And if you do not have a Bible at home, please take that with you. Take the one with you. It's a gift from us to you. It's one way that we uh, can uh, spread the, 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 the Word of God throughout the community. So feel free to take one home if you would like. But uh, right now, let's look at verses uh, 5 through 14. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Jew, uh, Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. God, speak to us through your holy word. And may this witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm seeing more and more a sea of green shirts out in the congregation. And on the back it says, all in. And we're celebrating the all-in, but all-in for what? You thought about the all-in for what? Well, for Jesus Christ. And, and one thing about this church is it has an interesting name, Christ Church. Have you thought about that, folks? That's the name of the church, Christ United Methodist Church. Now, I have served several churches, and many of them have, uh, they, they all have had different names. Some of them were named after the town in which the church was located. Some had names that I think the founders were, were thinking about what they wanted to, to stress. Uh, last week I was uh, sharing with you that the first church I ever uh, had an opportunity to preach in was Friendship United Methodist Church. Friendship, and, and, and there was also a Hillsgrove. Hillsgrove talked about an, an area location, but Friendship it obviously had something to do with what they wanted the church to be about. I served a church called Aldersgate. Now, 
that may not mean anything to you unless you know a little bit about John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, and know that that is where he came to have a uh, striking call to accept Christ into his heart. And his heart was strangely warm. That's always true. Um, Heard the church called first. Thought that was rather arrogant. So we talk about Jesus first. You know, it, you know, it, it just names um, are to say a little bit about the church in, in times like that and either where it's at or something about it. And the name that I like best of all the churches I've served I went to is, I've got to admit, it's just, it's just uh, Christian Christ, United Methodist Church. But with a name like that, with a name like that, we, we have a lot to live up to, don't you think? I mean, we've really got to be on our toes to keep from making a mockery of a church name like that. And in that name alone, we state what we are to be about completely and unreservedly. We are to be about Jesus Christ. We're to make Christ famous. If that's not the case, if that's not what we are about, then quite honestly, we need to change the name. I mean, if if it's not our if, if that's not our goal, then then uh, we we have a different emphasis, and we should probably have a name that reflects that that emphasis. So maybe it might be. That if this ever is the case, that we we should we should change the name. Now we got some church leaders here, so I think we can we can maybe uh, discuss that. Look at different name changes for this church. How's that? I've been studying this, thinking about that, and and, and so I've got some I've got some recommendations for you. Let's just see if any of these any of these work for you. I mean, you know, tells a little bit about the emphasis of our church, whatever it might be. How about this for an emphasis? Self church. S-E-L-F. And that would stand for self, Selfishly Enjoying Life Fellowship Church. How about that? No? Oh, no? All right. Eh. Okay. All right. All right. How about this one? How about, how about Me First Church? Which would be My Entertainment First Church. How about that? Come on, guys. All right. All right. All right. All right. I saved the best two for last, but you get bound to like one of these. How about CTBTU Church? CTBTU Church, which stands for Christ Takes a Backseat to Us Church. What do you think? Oh, man. Okay, one more. IAAM Church. I-A-A-M, church. It's all about me, church. No? Uh, so what you're saying is we should probably keep the name Christ? Wow. Well, if we're going to keep the name Christ UMC, then we better have a good understanding of what that means and what it means when we say Christ is all and in all. In Colossians, Paul goes about telling us about this Christ is all and in all. But what I'd like to do is to back up to the first verse in chapter 3 
and look at verses 1 through, through 4. This is the way Paul starts out the chapter. He says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not, not on earthly things. So, remember last week I mentioned that when it comes to Christ, for many people, the longest journey that they can make is from the head to the heart. And here, Paul is, is making a statement, says, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And then he, you remember last week that, how he, he, he started out, he said, well, since, you, since you're dead, remember that? Since you're dead to sin, I like that, you know, you don't hear that kind of talk very, very much. But he's saying, you know, you're, you're dead, but since you are dead to sin and alive to Christ. Well, he says a similar thing in verse 3. He says, for, uh, for you died and your life is now hidden. You died and your life is now hidden with, uh, with Christ in God. And then I think this next verse, this verse 4, is one that kind of gives the says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So where Christ is, there you're going to be. When Christ appears, you will be with him in glory. I don't know about you, but that's a lot. But then Paul goes into showing us that much of this stuff that he talks about is true today as it was back then. He says, put to death what, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he begins this list of things. And folks, when you hear this list, you're probably going to feel the hit. This is the list. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, Purity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Every one of us and morality can say in their judgment, those things that belong to the earthly nature. And then, and then he, he goes on and, and uh, he says in verse 7, you used to walk in these ways. You know, sort of left us off the hook a little bit. Like, well, that's what you used to walk. In the life you once lived. Verse 8. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as. And, and there's another list and another hook. Anger. When was the last time you were angry? You, you said it, you, you were angry. You said anger, or maybe you were angry in some way. Anger is one of them. Rage. You know, maybe you have a show of rage on the outside, but how about on the inside? Right? If the person standing in front of you really knew your rage, they probably would be burned up right in front of your eyes. 
malice, slander, filth. I, I like this one. Filthy language from your lips. Filthy language from your lips. Have you ever had that wonderful experience, hopefully as a child, where your parent or your mother or father threatened to take soap and wash your mouth out because of something you said? Uh, yeah. Well, how are you doing now with that language from you? Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Now, now just... This is, this is what he's talking about is when you come to Christ in your life, the old creature is gone. And you, it's like taking off an outer coating, uh, like, a, like a coat or a, a robe. You take that old self off with its practices. Now, this is the goal. This is the goal, Christ Church, is to take that stuff off. Look at, look at verse 10. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of the Creator. Now, I love this because it says you put on the new self, the new creation. But notice that it's, it's being renewed. It's like when you, for those of you who've accepted Christ into your life, did you immediately become perfect? Well, I didn't. Uh, got a long way to go. But there's this, this new self that has the ability of being renewed and more like Christ-like, more Christ-like as we go along. Now, look at verse 11. And this is the key verse of today. It says, There is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but, all, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and in all. Now, in verse 11, this is where Paul emphasizes the unity of all believers in Christ. The city of Colossae, where this was written, uh, or what, what it's written to, is, 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 uh, was a city that included these people. Paul mentions that uh, there are Gentiles who are Greeks, and there were also Jews. The Greeks were, uh, were, un, were uncircumcised, and the Jews were circumcised. But then he also mentions that there would be barbarian people. Now, you know, where you work, you might think that there are some barbarians that work there. I don't know. But the barbarians that they're talking about are people who live among them that don't know the language. They would be, they would be uh, uh, persons that, that uh, need English as a second language uh, here. But the, 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 the term that was used was barbarian. Um, and, and uh, they might even be looked down upon. And to make matters worse, there were, there, there were what were called Scythians, and they, they were those who lived uh, along the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, and they were considered the worst of all by the Greeks. And Paul comes in and says that uh, there's something else going on. Then he goes on and talks about slaves. Now, this would literally be a bond servant, somebody who gets in trouble uh, and, and has a debt they cannot pay, so they basically become a slave until they can pay off that debt. So they are bond servants or slaves. And then there are what was referred to as free people. 
who were not obligated to others. In other words, they weren't bond servants or slaves, but uh, and, and they probably were more affluent in society, even though some of them may not be uh, always uh, wealthy, but they were considered free. So there were these labels that were given to people, all kinds of labels. Does it sound like today? And when Paul is saying that all of these groups are considered equal in Christ, he's, he's saying that by saying Christ is all and in all. Christ is sufficient for all things, including the ability to create unity among the diverse people who have been made new in Christ. Now, you know, uh, we have this devotional that I showed you earlier about the 50-day journey of of a generous life. And you're going to read a lot in there about about giving and about tithing. And I, I like that because it's, it's sort of uh, teaching us about what tithing is. I think tithing is a great equalizer in everybody. Everybody can tithe. Whether you have low, low income or very high income, when you're tithing, you're all doing the same. And it's all as significant as any other gift. And, you know, this, this devotional is not set up to make you feel guilty but it's to help those who want to become more generous in their life to show how that can happen and how other people are doing it. So, you know, there's another equalizing factor. Well, what is this unified group? So, so we're all un- united as a, di- as a very different people. What are we supposed to do? Verse 12. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people. We can read that now. Therefore, as Christ's church. God's chosen people. Holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourself with. Okay, this is where you, you, you've taken off the old self, and now you're going to put on the new creation. Clothe yourself with these things. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. Patience. Now, there's emphasis in verse 13. It says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now think about that for a minute. Think of how much God has forgiven you. How many times you have sinned, how he came on the cross and died for you. And now, Paul is saying, you need to forgive others like God has forgiven you. Now that's huge. But let me take it a step further. As Jesus Christ did this thing called forgiveness, he also did these other things. They're attributes. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And as we put on this new life, it's like putting on the attributes of Jesus Christ. Now, how are you doing with compassion? How are you doing with kindness? How are you doing with humility? Seriously. Your favorite song is just, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble, isn't it? How are you doing with that? 
being with patience. Not telling you to be nice to everybody. You see, when you when you just set aside to be this new creation in Christ, unified together, then these things play a role because we are seeking to be in the image of Christ. Now, God is creating a new community out of people who have taken off their old selves and have put on their new selves. And the mark of this new community is that people in it shine, cherishing the things The things that separate. That separate Jews and Greeks. That separate the circumcised and uncircumcised. That separate the, the barbarian and Scythian and slave and free man. That separate somebody born in the United States and somebody not born in the United States. Somebody who works for a union, somebody who doesn't work for a union. Somebody who, who may be on this side of, of, of a competition and somebody on this side of a competition. It's the things that separate what Jesus is saying is, or what Paul is saying is that they no longer should be a, a separation but a unity in this new community of people. The number one primary mark of newness in the new people and the new community is that Christ is all and in all. Don't miss that all-important climax of this whole chapter. But Christ is all and in all. Now once, once the old self, once we boasted in our culture and in our intellect, like the Greeks, but now Christ is all. You know, once we boasted about our tradition and, and our religion, like uh, like the Jews, but now Christ is all in all. Once we boasted about being, uh, about not being like the barbarians or, or the, the, the shabby Christians, but now Christ is all and is in all. Once we struggled to find our significance and our happiness and our security in what we uh, were in relationship with other people. We're, we're Jews. We're Greeks. We're circumcised. We're free. We're American. We're rich. We're smart. We're strong. We're pretty. We're witty. We're cool. But then we took off that old self. And we put on new self. So that brings us to the end of the passage today. In verse 14 of Colossians 3. And it tells what to wear in order for all of this to work. It's the super glue that holds everything together. It goes like this. And over all these virtues
which binds them all together in perfect unity. What an incredible experience this past week I had to the honor of being part of a, of a funeral for a, a retired uh, fire chief in, in service. There can be a unity. There can be a, uh, a coming together, especially if we're willing to wear this new self instead of worrying about wearing the old self. Now, at the core of this is, I think, a very, very uh, important um, statement that, that Paul makes. And you may want to write this down. Just jot down Galatians 2.20 because it may be your clarion call as a part of this new community, as a part of being a new creation in Christ. And this is what Paul says. And this is what hopefully we as Christ Church can individually say. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20. Church, let me say it again. I have been, I have been crucified with Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, as I hear that and as we maybe take that on to ourselves, we truly can see that Christ is ours and is in Christ. So how about it, church? Thank you, God. Thank you for allowing us an opportunity to be all in, to be totally committed to you, to recognize that we can put on the new nature after removing the old, and that the things that, that uh, um, separated us before can, can draw us together in you, Jesus. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Let's all stand together as we sing this.
Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God said, Amen. Amen. 